This is Vernon Jacobs, Senior Pastor of the Embassy Church. I want to thank you for engaging with us through this podcast. May it build your faith and strengthen your walk and cause you to reach the rooftop in Christian living. Don't forget to aim high and never give up. Let's go now straight into this word. I was thinking about uh, phrasing this, uh, the topic and announcing it to you. I was going to say, uh, I am positive. But in the era and of this pandemic that we are going through, I think that's a swear word and that you will shout me down immediately. So I chose rather to speak on the subject called, I am not negative. Uh, But uh, the uh, message that I want to bring to you today is that uh, through it all, whether you are going through Egypt, the wilderness or in Canaan's land, I want you to stay positive. All right. Now, negative or positive is so defined that it can find itself in your blood type. Have you thought about that? When you go for a blood test and they test the type of your blood, they say you are either uh, O positive, and that's by the way my blood group. I am also positive. And then you can also have a blood type of negative. So negativity or positivity is so defined that it can even run into your blood system. All right. So negative or positive, as I'm going to talk about, can contribute to the makeup of your spirit. Uh, And you can, and I'll show it to you that Caleb had a different spirit. What was he talking about? He had a positive spirit and uh, the rest of the spies that went into the land that uh, Moses sent them they were negative in their report so in life you can have a negative spirit or you can be positive and I want to rise this morning and encourage you that in in whatever you're going through that you must remain positive positive. Now I'm going to use the story today of where God is going to use Moses to take his favored people, that's the people of Israel, into the promised land. Before I go any further, just to to make you familiar, if you're new to the kingdom of God, if you're a new Christian, you must understand that God had a favored people, which was the people of Israel, and he worked with them all through in the Bible, whether it's in the Old Testament or even in the New Testament, uh, he he worked with the Israelites. And he wanted to, at, at one stage, the Israelites were in slavery in Egypt and uh, that that represents us could be in sin and God would bring the Israelites out of Egypt as God sent his son to bring us out of sin and take the, the Israelites into a promised land called Canaan and uh, when we, when we mirror it unto ourselves, God did that for us by sending Jesus Christ. He took us out of sin and promised us everlasting life. So we have the hope of eternal life or we have the hope of going to heaven. And that's why the Bible always says in Colossians 1.27, Christ in me, the hope of glory. And so we find that in this scripture, God is moving the the Israelites out from Egypt. He brings them into the wilderness 
uh, and he's going to take them into the promised land. I like to say that it is from transition to transformation. And he's transitioning them so that he can transform them. Wilderness was supposed to be a seven-day transitional. They were supposed to go through the desert into the promised land. But we find that uh, because of negativity and believing negative reports, I'll show it to you in scripture, that God allowed them to stay in the desert for 40 years. 40 years. All right. Now let's go and we're going to speak about, uh, look at it in Numbers chapter 13, verse 1. Are you ready? Do you have your Bibles open? Numbers chapter 13, verse 1. The Lord said to Moses, Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. I want you to see that God has already decided that he's going to give the Israelites this Canaan's, uh, Canaan's land as the promised land. We always look at that as the promise. Say that with me. It's the promise. All right. So that's God's promise. I want you to understand that God has already decided that he's going to send these Israelites into the promised land. And, and at one stage he says, it's the land flowing with milk and honey. So he's already found a good land. It's like, it's like finding a wife for, for a son and saying, here's the girl. She's going to be the ideal girl. So whatever you do now, uh, you don't have to think about whether she's a wife or a knife. Uh, she is a wife. I found her for you. God has brought her to you. You don't have to second guess whether this land is a good land. So when he says, go says to Moses send people to spy the land it's not to see whether it is a good land or a bad land but Moses completely misunderstands it's like to see whether she's a knife rather than a wife God was giving them this land but let's look at it in verse 17 to 20 it says when Moses sent them to explore Canaan he said Go up through the Negev and onto the hill country. See what land, see what the land is like, and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. Watch the word in. What kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they walled or fortified? How is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are the trees in it or not? Do your best to bring back some fruit of the land. For it was the season of the first ripe grapes. Hmm. Uh, let me just talk about verse 27 and then we'll explore this. 27 shows that the uh, spies do come back and they bring a report. 12 spies go out but they bring a report. One of the things they say is we went into the land to which you sent us. And watch it. Here it comes. They say, it does flow with milk and honey. Because God said to them, I'm going to give you a land that is flowing with milk and honey. So the report comes back and they say, it does flow with milk and honey. They're kind of positive. And they say, here is the fruit. 
but they thereafter go uh, ahead and they give so many other negative uh, points. <laughs> when God told Moses to send spies, Moses completely misunderstood the reason why. And I'm going to tell you uh, the reason is that he when, when you spy a land and you take in three million people, into that land that you're going to come up against some resistance but the purpose to spy the land was to gain military intelligence listen to me it was not to see all of these negative things are the people big or small are they weak or strong uh, but it was to gain military intelligence now, as an army general, uh, you would think that you would see what is the access points, how, which are the gates that we are supposed to go through, which is the places of vulnerability, what is the vantage points, or where are the vantage points, and what is the tactical cross-border actions that we should take once we get across, where will our people, where will the soldiers get water from? Those are the type of things, uh, but Moses completely, completely gave the wrong uh, uh, statements. And I would think that as a leader, Moses authored negativity in the minds of these 12 men. Because he says, he uses words like this, go in and see if they are strong or weak. That was not the mandate. He says, go in and see whether they are few or many. Are they good or bad? Is it walled or fortified? Is the soil fertile or poor? These are all the things that uh, God has already taken care of. But Moses in his statement, he is uh, using words that is already making these people to look for things that will be negative. As a leader... Moses was creating an atmosphere. Already he was setting a stage of negativity uh, in, in the minds of these people. Inferior quality seeds were sown in the fields of these men's minds. You know why? Moses became afraid of the size of the challenge ahead of him. Now, Moses set the platform for negativity. When the men came back, they didn't talk about the vantage points. They didn't talk about uh, anything else. You know what the men reported on? They reported on the size of the people. They said the men out there are like the descendants of Anak. Descendants of Anak means they are descendants of giants. They, they, they came and reported on what Moses wanted to hear. Or he told them, go and see if they are big or small. So the men reported on size. Numbers chapter 13, 28 to 31. The reporter said, the people who live there are powerful. And the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Enoch there. We can't attack those people. They are much stronger than we are. And God was supposed to take these people through the desert into the promised land in seven days. But I tell you what, because of this negative report, 
these people spent 40 years in the desert. You know why 40 years? The Bible says that these men went into the promised land. They took 40 days to look at this land and to gain, um, to gain intel about the land. But they came back after 40 days. And the Bible says uh, God kind of kept them in the desert one day or one year for every day. So they spent 40 days spying the land and God kept them 40 years in the desert because of the negativity that they, they believed. They didn't believe that God could take them in. And I tell you what, negativity can delay your destination. Let me say that again. Negativity will delay your destination. But before I go there, I must tell you that Moses already saw big challenges and he painted the picture as a leader in his followers your perspective of a thing becomes your reality even if it's not the real thing the way you see it is the way it will become even if it's in your mind so your perspective of a thing becomes your reality how you see it and consider it becomes real to you even if it's not, if I told you, if you see Durban as a small city, even though Durban is a large city, your perspective of Durban being small, in your mind you will always see it as being small because the perspective of a thing becomes your reality. How you see it and consider it becomes real to you. All right? Now, I'm going to talk to you about the spirit of negativity. In Numbers chapter 14, verse 24, the Bible says, But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit, 12 spies went in. Caleb and Joshua were the only two that brought back a positive report. The other 10 brought back a negative report. Now, the Bible says Caleb had a different spirit. And from that, I'm going to glean that negativity and positivity can make up part of your spirit. So you can have a negative spirit or you can have a positive spirit. As we see that Caleb had a positive spirit. Caleb had a different spirit. I've already shown you that when these men came back, they brought a negative report. And because of that, Numbers 14.34 says, For 40 years, God kept back the people in the desert so that all of the fathers, everybody over the age of 20 that came out of Egypt... They had to die in the desert so that those that were born in the desert were allowed to go into the promised land. That's, that's, that's something that you need to take uh, note of. It takes 40 years for a generation to die. It takes 40 years for a new generation to come in. And so God waited for all of those people that 
received the negative report, became, fear of, became fearful of it, and they stayed in the desert, and God waited for desert babies. Those babies that never came out of Egypt, but we grew up in the desert, those are the people. So three million came out and theological circles say that two million went in. Out of the three million people that came out of Egypt, the only two original inhabitants that came out of Egypt was Joshua and Caleb. Why? They had a different spirit. They were positive. They didn't look around, but they looked up. If God said it, that settled it. If God said, I'm giving you this land, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. They didn't want to believe any other reports. Despite what they saw, despite that they saw giants, they saw all negative things. But God said, this is the land. God said, this is the wife. Don't see it as a knife. I am taking you in. Joshua and Caleb believed it and they believed that report and their positivity did not deny their destination i want to tell you that negativity will delay your destination now negativity interlocked with fear has a strong influence remember there are three million people waiting to go into the promised land the, 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 all of their movement is dependent on the report that comes back. Ten men bring a negative report. And the negative report, they say, man, there are giants in that land. The cities are well fortified. They are strong. They will defeat us. And it put the voice, their voices put fear in the hearts of three million people. Negativity interlocked with fear has a strong influence. When you are negative about something and somebody brings a voice and waters that negativity, you yourself, you could have been so positive, but because 10 people are giving you a negative report inside of a fearful situation, when negativity is interlocked with fear, it has a great potential to influence you and you yourself lose your positive effect. I'm trying to show you be careful about the voices that enter your mind. You know, I, I've been talking about this for the past few weeks now. I am very sensitive to the voices that I listen to. Uh, at home, uh, you know, we, we try not to watch too much of CNN and watch too much of the news because there's all negative things. If you watch the news, you'll die. You, you will die of COVID. They talk so much about this COVID pandemic and they give you so many, uh, so much of statistics. Just listening to it can kill you. You know what we, we, we watch, Nisha, uh, as always, I think I tell her, you, this channel is jammed on HGTV. It's house renovations, flipping and flopping. And so uh, we want to build skyscrapers after watching these programs instead of dying because of COVID. So it's the voices. I'm, I rise to tell you, be careful of the voices that enter into your life. And whenever there's, there's something negative, I, I kind of switch off. Even negative people, people who speak negative uh, stories. Hey, listen. Uh, the devil can, can use the voices that come into your life. 
um, I, I was thinking about it the other day. I was doing, uh, and, and the Lord was ministering to me, how do, how do I put it? Uh, age diagnosis, age diagnosis. Let me call it age diagnosis. That's my own term. Sometimes when you go to sleep, and if you're just listening to the wrong voice, the devil will say, your father died at 59. Your uncle died at 62. Your auntie died at 57. And you are at an age where you are entering into that. When you do an age diagnostic uh, thing, you say, Auntie Mari died at 57. My dad died at 59. Uncle James at 62. The devil puts you in that bracket and he says, I'm getting ready to take you out. Then your year of COVID killing so many people. Your year of people on a ventilator machine. You hear people that can't breathe. And, and, and then you have a slight cough and you think, the devil is right. You're reaching that age. I rise to tell the devil that I also have an Auntie Sarah. She's 93. I also have Auntie Peggy that's reaching 90. And so when you want to do an age diagnosis with me, I want to tell you, devil, that uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live and I'm not going to die. When the enemy comes with negative voices, God must give you a positive voice. Uh, but I tell you what, if you take fear and interlock it with something that is already currently going going on it can become a strong and a positive influence in your life so you have to have a word you have to have a word that will con counter those things all right number three negativity is satan's choice weapon to rob you of what god has for you god has already got a promised land but the devil is bringing negativity and watch that it keeps three million people in the desert three million people who had the hope when they left egypt in seven days they were ready to land in canaan but the devil brought negativity it's it's satan's choice weapon to rob you of what God has for you. And so if you're going to keep your ears open to all of these negative reports, even though God has a promise for you, it's called the promised land. You left what you didn't want to be in to get into what you wanted. But now that you are in it, the devil can land a negative report and hold back what God has for you. Shout amen if you caught that point. Now, you, you know, let me, let me say this. When, when God wants to give you something, He sends a word from heaven. And that word or that voice must reach you on the earth. But there's a highway robber in between heaven and earth. And that is called a voice of negativity. And the enemy can rob you of what you have to have on the earth, even though it left heaven. When it reaches your mind, your mind is the strongest battlefield for the enemy. So don't allow the enemy to rob you of what God has for you. Again, negativity is Satan's choice weapon to rob you of what God has for you. You got that? Now, let's go on. Negativity has the possibility of shutting down your memory. Let me say that again. Negativity will shut down your memory. You know, when God was bringing these people out of Israel, uh, or out of Egypt rather, when he was bringing the Israelites, to bring them out, he had to deal 
heavy-handedly with Pharaoh. And so he sent boils on the Egyptians, but he kept the Israelites free from boils, free from measles, free from mums, free from all of this pestilence in a place called Goshen. When there were the locusts eating and, the, and, and people couldn't, couldn't, couldn't walk, there was locusts on their bodies, locusts on their crops, locusts on their land, but the Israelites walked free. They were not infected with, this, with these locusts. When, when, when there was darkness in Egypt, there was light over God's people. And in your memory, certainly you should remember that this is the God that is for us. But you know, when this negative report came, they forgot about how God brought them out of Egypt. They forgot about when, they, when Egypt was in darkness, they were in light. When there was boils on the Egyptians, uh, there was good health on them. They, their memory was dulled. Negativity can shut down your memory of good. So be careful about that. Let's go on. Number five, is it? Negativity can cause you to lose your mind. I tell you what, if you're going to keep listening to negative people, I'm going to show you now. Negativity can cause you to lose your mind to even things that cannot go wrong. Now the Bible says in Numbers chapter 13 verse 32, they said, the land that we explored devours all those that are living in it. That's not true. That wasn't the truth. They're saying the land that we entered is eating up all the, the people are dying in that land. But that is not the truth. There was nobody that was dying in, that, in, the, in the promised land. And so negativity can cause you to lose your mind. You can even become, uh, you can start to hallucinate. Hallucinate is to, to see something that's not there. But fear can grip your heart so that your mind can be changed in its thinking. And you can start to think what is happening in your heart. Alright? So negativity can cause you to lose your mind. Now, because of all of these negative situations, negative things that are happening with the people. And I showed you that there were desert babies now being born. And it's God's going to work with these desert babies. They're going to grow up. They were born in the desert. And they would grow up for 40 years. And now you have a new generation going into the promised land. Or going into God's promises. But God said, Moses, I know you brought them out. But you will not take them in. And therefore God said, I'm going to choose somebody who have a better mindset. And you know who he chose? The one of the spies that went in and brought a good report. He chose Joshua. And he said, Joshua will take my people in. There are some people in your life, they are good to bring you out. But they are not good to take you in. God can switch people in your lives. There is a season in people's lives that they are good for you inside of a certain situation. Moses was a good leader in Egypt and in the wilderness. But it took another caliber, it took another spirit of a leader to take these people into the promised land. Some people can take you out, but they can't take you in.
And some people can't bring you out, but they can take you in. And I pause this, mo this morning to tell you, if you have a good leader operating over your life, and that could be your employer, that could be your father, and that could be your pastor. If you got a good leader, appreciate good leadership in your life. Because good leadership is a blessing. Bad leadership is a curse. <laughs> Let me say that again. Good leadership on your life is a blessing to your life. When one is giving you direction, when one is speaking positivity as I'm doing, I rise to tell you that that's good leadership. And God put it in my heart. You know, ever since COVID broke out on the land, I've been trying to speak positivity into your life because good leaders give you a hope of the future not talking about what happened or what is happening but he give you a hope of the future faith is a substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not yet seen faith is a substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not yet seen <laughs> and so god says uh, uh, to to the people that i'm giving you a new leader and god gives them Joshua. Moses dies and Joshua comes in. When you run out of a Moses, you run into God. Let me say that again. When you run out of a Moses, you run into God. Now, when God selects Joshua, you know what the first thing God tells Joshua? Go read your Bible. In Joshua chapter number 1, God tells Joshua for four times. In verse 6, verse 7, Verse 9 and verse 18. You know what he tells him? God says to Joshua, I want you to be strong and I want you to be courageous. That's the word of God to you in this era that we are living in. God says to you, be strong and be courageous. Uh, in verse 7 he says, be strong, be very courageous. And he goes on and he says again, be strong and courageous. Now, let me tell you as your pastor and give you counsel. How do you get strong? How do you get courage? Yes, it strength and courage comes from knowing God. Let me say that again. Strength and courage comes from knowing God. Daniel chapter 11 verse 32 you must write this down in your Bible. I'll give you some time. Daniel chapter 11, verse number 32. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. You must know God. How do you get to know God? Well, there's four things, four ways. Through the word of God, through worship of God, through walking with God, and through working with God. Four W's. Word, worship. Walk, work. Let me say that again. Word, worship. Walk, work. What am I doing to you? I'm preaching to you the word of God. And uh, you are getting the word of God. Now, preaching is God giving to you. Worship is you giving to God. Let me say that again. I'm preaching God's word. And so what is God doing? Through this preaching is giving you a word. Preaching is God giving you his word down to you. Worship is you giving yourself to God. 
And worship is very important. Now there's a way to enter into God's presence with worship. And that's why you say, uh, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. Now, when you enter God's presence, you must enter with good words. Enter his gates with and enter his courts with praise. You must worship. Uh, you, you know, in the natural, you can never enter into a king or a queen's presence without bowing. After you bow in the presence of a king or a queen, you must speak a good greeting. Oh, oh, oh great queen thou art. Uh, you, 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 you know why you speak good words? Your words will tell the king or the queen whether you are a foe or a friend. Whether you're an enemy or you're a friend. And if you're a friend, you speak good words. And therefore, when we worship, that's why we start our service with worship. That's why we enter his courts with praise. We enter his gates with worship. And so that's, that's the way that we, we do it. The Bible says in Psalm chapter number 150, verse 6, it says, Let everything that has breath Praise the Lord. You know the Psalms, I was following it, it has 150 chapters. And if you read the last chapter, it uh, sums up the whole book of Psalms. The whole book of Psalms is about praise and worship. And so if you read it up, it says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. You know, one of the things about this coronavirus is that it affects your respiratory system. It's demonic. I rise to tell you this coronavirus is demonic. It wants to subdue even the breath that you have. God says, let everything that has breath, let the animals, let the bird kingdom, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. We are God's most intelligible, most intelligent Make, make, is, is made. Listen, let me tell you how good, how great you are. When God wanted to make the birds and the bees and the world, he spoke it into existence. But when God wanted to make you, he came and touched you. He formed you with his own hands. In all of creation, the only part of creation that has felt the touch of God, that has felt the hand of God is man. Nobody else has been touched. No other part of creation has been touched with the hands of God. And so we should be able to praise. When you wake up in the morning, the Bible says, let everything that has breath praise God. The extension of your life depends on the quality of your praise. Listen to me. If you want to live longer, use your breath to praise God for the extension of your life. Depend, uh, depends on the quality of your praise. I'm coming and bringing this home. I'm going to conclude now. What kind of spirit are you living out? Are you living out a spirit in Egypt, the wilderness, or the promised land? Listen to me. If you are in Egypt, you are just existing. There are some Christians that are just existing. They are on the salvation plan. Uh, they believe that they are saved and they are going to heaven and that's great. That's all they're doing. They're waiting. For, uh, even if they die, they are going to uh, go to heaven. 
That's you just existing. Then there are people that are just living. You in the wilderness. You have not reached the promised land yet. You're living but you are not having a passionate experience in life. Uh, you need prompting to serve God. People need to uh, uh, get you up to go to church. You, you don't read your Bible. You don't pray. You, you live in. You, you, but you're not having an abundance in, in Christ. And then I tell you what. The type of life that I want to encourage you to have is a promised land kind of living. Now let me tell you something about this promised land. It's not a present from God, but it's the presence of God. God said, I will go before you into that land. So I'm not talking about receiving real estate. I'm talking about the I am that said I will go before you. In, 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 in the present of the land, you have the presence of God in your life. And that's the promised land that I'm talking about. Wilderness living is when you are living on welfare. You live on manna. God as to rain down provision. But when you're in the promised land, you have your own fruit trees. You have your own shelter. You have your own houses. He said, I'll give you houses that you did not build. And, 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 and when you're in the promised land, you learn to pluck your own fruit instead of waiting on welfare. The purpose of having money is not spending but investing. Let me say that again. The function of money is not to spend, but to invest. In the, in the wilderness, it's spending. But in the promised land, it's investing. I don't know whether I'm making sense. But as I come to the end of this, I want to close with Matthew chapter number 4, verse 19. When Jesus called his disciples, he said, follow me and I will make you. I want to stop at that. I will make you. I want to follow God so that, he, so that He could take me in, turn me out, and make me. You get that? So this morning, I want you to be filled with fresh faith. I want you to stay encouraged. And I want you to have strength. I declare and decree that the strength of the Lord is going to be the joy of the Lord. And may you have joy. I don't know where your, your joy levels, where, where it has seeped out like oil that has run out of a, somebody pulled the plug out from you and your joy ran out. But I come to pray that the joy of the Lord is going to be your strength. Now I've said all of that and I do believe that at some point there's going to be a resonation. Um, now I've said all of that and I do believe at some point uh, there's a point that's going to resonate in your spirit and you are going to be uh, lifted up. Alright? So I know I've taken much of your time. May you have a blessed week in this uh, in the week ahead and I want to encourage you to stay positive. Here's the word. You need to be an optimist, not a pessimist. So optimist is how you see things and I want you to see things uh, that are ahead of you with brightness, not with doom and gloom but if God be for you, nothing can be against you. Let's pray. Are you ready to pray? 
bow your heads. Father, thank you this morning as we bring the service to a conclusion. I thank you, Lord, for your hand upon us. And I pray, Father, that you will use this word in our downtimes to lift us up. I pray that this word will be used, O oh God, by people that are going through valleys, that they will be brought up to their mountaintops. Those that are going, O oh God, through ebbs in their life will be brought up to the highs in their lives. And Father, I release your joy as we spoke about it. But Lord, by your spirit, I release the joy of the Lord. May the joy of the Lord truly be our strength in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Allow me now to pronounce God's benediction as I say it to you because a blessing is not a blessing until a blessing is spoken. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you, lift up his countenance towards you, and the Lord give you peace. Peace by the true definition of peace. Nothing missing, nothing broken. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to speak into your life and to bring God's word to you. I'm Vernon Jacobs, senior pastor of the Embassy Church. I'll see you on the other side of this virus. Bye.